0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30am. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. i tell you what, last Sunday, Pastor Ted uh, shared a message, and uh, it was just awesome for him filling in, and he's just real. I don't know about if you like Ted, you just what you see is what you get, you know, and you ain't seen nothing yet. No, he's, he's just real. And and I appreciate that, and just talking about the real practice of prayer, and so uh, today we're going to finish that series. Last Sunday, here's why I was gone. I'm gonna You're going to have to get used to me for the next few months here. I'm going to be here every Sunday, and uh, praise God, because no surgery, that's done. I can sit on my booty again. I don't have to wear jogging pants anymore. God is good, and so this last week, a buddy of mine and I, we go up to the Boundary Waters every other year, and so I said, man, I just want to get into a campsite, I want to cook, I love to cook, and I brought my cast iron skillet to the Boundary Waters, and I said, well, just, let's just sit and enjoy our time, and just rest, let's just rest, how many ever had that, like, plan? just like, just doing nothing, and then, like, literally all hell breaks loose, anybody, you ever had that, okay, so we're up in the Boundary Waters, and, and I go up there every other year, I, I don't know how many trips, 30 trips, I go up there all the time, love the outdoors, we finally get into our campsite, if you know a Rose Lake, it's a border lake, And you literally walk down the portage, and you can actually feel the heat from the fires that are in Canada right now. You can actually feel it. And he's like, do you feel that? I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Let's go further. And uh, we, we go further. We get into the campsite, and we have a cold pack of our food for the first day and a half, and the rest is all dry stuff. If you go up there, you can't bring canned goods and all that. And so we're getting ready to tie our food up, and my buddy is going over the lake taking a selfie that he wants to send to his wife. And and so I put the cooler in the shade underneath the giant mature pine tree. And about two seconds later, I hear something just kind of go, shh, just whoosh. And I'm like, I look behind me, thinking it's just a, you know, chipmunk or a squirrel or something. And there's a ginormous black bear 10 feet away from me with the Costco cooler. Like, I don't even believe this story, so I don't judge if you don't believe my story. Within its mouth, walking away... No joke. With the cooler. And I'm like, I have a video of me going, drop it, drop it. Like, I'm, like let it go. And, and I've had bear training, so you don't, you don't run, you approach them, you yell things, you throw things at them. Nothing, I'm, the bear is like, it's mine now. Takes off, and we're sitting there going, did this really just happen? Like, like I just, I want to sit, that was our skillet pizza. In fact, I went to Red Savoy to get sauce and freeze it in a bag to have dinner that night. And now I can't use it. And I'm like, the bear just took my Savoy pizza sauce, this is awful. And, and like, I'm, I'm just dropping, dropping, you stupid bear, like, what are you doing? And, and, and finally, I'm like, what do we do? Like, do you feel safe staying here? And he's like, I, I don't know. And, and I go, I think we're okay. I mean, he's got food now. And, and so I decide, I said, well, let's just go check, make sure. Before I could finish my sentence, all we heard was this just whoosh. And I'm like, well, there goes the cooler. <laughs> like, that's gone. And so then I walked down the latrine trail. If you've ever been up to the Bounty Waters, the latrines are about 200 yards behind wherever there's open water. And so I'm walking where the bear went, and I realize I have nothing to protect myself. So I lean down, and I grab a rock, you know, because that's something. And, like, I don't know, like a three- or four-pound rock. Didn't see a bear at all. Stood up from collecting the rock in the trail, and here he is coming right towards me. This was last Friday, and a week ago Friday. And I'm looking at the bear, and I'm going drop it get away get away like i'm yelling at it i'm and it just keeps doing like it doesn't care that i'm even there like it i'm going if this bear gets one ounce of aggressivity, i'm dead like like there's just one swipe and they had their first fatality up there two years ago and that's going in the back of my mind and comes right into our camp and down where our canoe was and i'm like we need to get out of this campsite this is crazy I don't, what did the people leave behind here before we were here Anyway, we, a third bear comes in as we're taking down the tent. It looked like just crazy because we're in the canoe, out in the water, taking down our stuff, you know, and the bear's right there like, we're just waiting for you. We get up and we go away and we had some really nice people help us. But here's what I want to say. Um, first of all, it's the first trip that I ever uh, had, the shortest trip I've ever had in the Bounty Waters. It lasted one day. And then we went to a friend of ours in, in Hibbing and then we went to Detroit Lakes, which was a little bit of a drive from up in the Bounty Waters area. So my nice restful trip did not turn out to be exactly what we were expecting at all. We had a lot of good, cool guy talk in the car and all that. But I'll tell you what, when I look back at it, here's what's really interesting. When I'm yelling at that stupid bear and I'm going, drop it, drop it, you realize that's actually a prayer? Think about it. Okay, Yeah, I'm demanding the bear to drop it. It doesn't. It doesn't listen to me at all. You know, and, and the fires are pushing the bears down. There's been so many people up there in the food, and there's no raspberries up there yet. There's no blueberries up there yet. They're under a drought. There's fires everywhere. So I feel for them because they don't have food. I, I understand. I get it. But I didn't feel safe. And so here I am, and I'm doing okay. Like, you ever had those like adrenaline moments? You know, where you just, ah! And, and you're doing okay, you're not scared, but then like two hours later, it hits you. And I'm like, I told my buddy, I'm like, I just need to cry, man. Like, just I just need to cry for like an hour, just don't talk to me. And I'm in the canoe, just bawling my eyes out. He's laughing at me. And I'm like, Dude, just I just need to get it out, you know? And I said, I did everything the bear people tell you to do, and it didn't work. And and I'm going, and I'm praying, and I'm just like, why did it why didn't it happen? Why didn't it work the way I wanted? You know, and I think so often we have these prayers and it doesn't always go the way that we want. Amen? You know, we, we all pray these things. And so I want to just look at this because I think so often we go to God with our requests. Drop it, drop it. <laughs> you know, leave my void pizza sauce alone. Or we come to him with even deeper ones, like, Lord, there's a family member who's not doing well. Lord, heal him. And then they pass. And we're like, God, I don't understand. And maybe you even doubt. There's times I've doubted. And then I go back and I go back to Scripture because I think sometimes and so often we are asking God for a voice and God's going, you just need a verse. And so so let's go to some verses here this morning. I'll put these on the screen. If you want to follow along, I'm going to start in the book of Mark and we're going to hang out there for a while. book of Mark chapter 5 verses 23 through 24 says this. He pleaded, and this guy's name was Jairus, he pleaded earnestly with him, that's Jesus, My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Now, is that a prayer? Yeah, that's a prayer. He's reaching out to Jesus. Jerry's saying, please come with me because I want my daughter to live. Well, what happens next is not what Jerry's wanted to take place. Jesus is on the way to Jerry's house, and there's a woman that basically is having an issue of blood, like a period that will not go away for her entire life. And she reaches out, touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus heals her. Well, in the meantime, while this is all happening, put yourself in Jairus' shoes. Your daughter is about to die. You're asking Jesus, or the teacher here in Mark, to come and heal your daughter. And he's going, i got to stop for this lady who's got this issue. It's not a life or death situation. Well, all this takes place, and then the next thing that happens here, just a few verses later, it says this in verse 35. Well, Jesus was still speaking... Some people came from Jairus' house, and he was a synagogue leader, said, Your daughter is what? Your daughter's dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother him? Now, if you are Jairus at that time, what do you do? Do you doubt Jesus' ability? Are you offended? Not that we get offended in our culture, but are you offended that that was very sarcastic, by the way that Jesus decided to go heal who he wanted to, and he didn't do it the way you wanted. I mean, I know it's in the Bible, and it's not relevant. These old stories that don't matter today. But I'll tell you what, it's relevant to me because I'm going, Jesus, you didn't answer the prayer that I wanted the way I wanted you to answer it. And Jesus is like, well, I'm God, you're not, so deal with it. You know, But in a respectful, personal manner. Well, we'll come back to the story in a little bit, but I think it seems like his prayer wasn't answered. It was unanswered, and we get so hurt when our prayers don't get answered the way that we want it to. Let me just give you something that I hold on to really tightly. Here it is, and this is not scriptural. I believe this is how God operates in prayer. If a prayer request is wrong that we give to God, if we have a request and it's wrong, He'll say, No. How many just hate that word? Nobody likes the word no. You know, honey, do you want to go to White Castle? No. No, I hate that word. You know, I mean, seriously. A horrible word. If the t- so if, if it's wrong, God says no. If the, timing, if the timing is wrong, God says slow. So you say no or slow if the timing's wrong. Okay. If you're wrong, God says grow. Okay. So it's either no, slow, grow. But if the request is right, the timing's right, you're right, God says go. I've seen it. I hold on to that. That helps me in prayers. God's delays are not necessarily denials. Within your request of prayer. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Come on, that's good. All right. God's delays are not necessarily denials. Prayer, even when I hear the word, because we're we're concluding our prayer series today. I'm really excited about what we're doing in August. You'll find out about next week. Even when I hear the word, prayer, I, I just get like this religious garbage kind of feel, like, oh I gotta pray. Oh, I gotta I gotta do it. Sometimes it's lifeless or it's boring or it's stagnant. I tell you what, you want your prayer life to be upped? Go into a camp of bears it'll help like this just instantly. There's, there's this ongoing joke in churches. You know, somebody comes to the pastor, pastor, we need a prayer service. And I used to give into these and I'd be like, all right, well, we'll do one. We'll do, you know, well, what time works for you? Well, I got to work at 6am down in the cities. So if we can do the prayer service at 4am on Thursday morning, okay, first of all, that's demonic, but we'll, we'll work on it. And so we show up and we open the church doors, and, and I get here early, opening them up. And, and guess how many people come to our awesome prayer service? Nobody. You know, Me and the mice. That's it. You know, we're hanging out. And uh, don't worry, there's no mice. We killed them. And so uh, I think what happens is we have these ideas of grandeur of what prayer is, but when it really gets down to it, it's just conversing with Jesus. We just make it so functified and religious-eyed, and it's like we don't even we say things we don't even know what we're saying. How many grew up Catholic? Anybody here grew up Catholic? Okay. How many of you that were Catholic learned to recite prayers? Okay. Yeah. And how many of you just love praying? I mean, you're just like, man, I just can't wait to go recite something today, man. I tell you, I tell you what, when I'm going to take a shower tonight, when I'm after, when I get home from work, I just want to go in there and recite some stuff. Okay, you're insane if that's you. All right, like that's. I want it to be personable. I want it to be real, authentic, and I. Just one thing, side, side thing, we we're talking about the church this week. I hope, my prayer is that if you know our staff, and you know me, and you know my wife, you know my kids, you know the people of this church, that one thing that we want to be not only life-giving, but I will hope that you know that this is an authentic place where we're going to be real with each other every Sunday, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, through the entire week, okay? Now, so, so let me just bust some of our myths here quick and then i want to dive into what these kids were praying the lord's prayer let me just just take some religious prayer myths and i just want to punch them in the gut today okay here it is first of all and i don't have scripture for these because it's not in scripture first is this not one place nowhere in all of the bible will you see scripture say to close your eyes during prayer not one time whoa whoa Pastor, I just feel like I have to bow my head and close my eyes when I pray. Now, some of it's a cultural thing, and that's okay. I'm not not dissing closing your eyes. I'm a guy. I'm visual. I have to close my eyes to focus sometimes. Sometimes I can't. But the Bible doesn't say you have to. Your prayers aren't any less if your eyes are open. In fact, if we do altar calls sometime and I'm praying for somebody, I purposely look because I want to make sure I see what the Holy Spirit's doing in their face or in their heart. My eyes are closed. I can't see what he's doing. It's just practical. Practical. No one time does it say in the Bible how long each prayer should be every time either. But I don't know if I prayed enough. I don't know if I recited it enough. I don't know if I said it enough. The only thing that it talks about biblically is to pray continuously without ceasing. Now, don't take that literal. For those of you that are literal thinkers, you're going, well, how do I sleep? How, how, do, I, how do I eat? How do, how do I do this? It's the idea of the heart behind it that I should be conversing with God constantly All the time. Whether I'm up or down, whether I'm a full believer, whether I'm doubting, no matter where I'm at, I should have that open relationship and that open communication with him all the time. He desires that. He wants that. I don't know about you, but that's good news that he wants that. Not one place, and this is my favorite, does it say to pray softly, quietly, in monotone, or address God as if he were from England. (laughs) I tell you what, man, I've heard... Dear Lord, today, thine has come here today to gather some information for thine. I mean, can you just imagine talking to your kids like that? Thine Levi-ish, today after we get home, unloadish the dishwasher, just unload it when we get home. But you know what I mean? Like, we sound crazy. And I think God hears that and he's going, Yeah, I know what your heart says. You just got it packaged in a really funky deal. Just unpackage it and unveil your heart a little bit. You know? It's so weird. Not one time does the Bible tell us to repeat a prayer. Do you realize this? Well, well, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, what about the Lord's Prayer? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Let's uh, let's let's unpack the Lord's Prayer here this morning because this is awesome, and I hope I hope that this gives you some insight into the heart of the Father who sent His Son for you and I to have eternal life. That's the only way we receive it, and so He gave us a way to pray. He didn't give us this formula to copy and to recite only at funerals and weddings. That's not what it was for. You realize that? The disciples are hanging out with Jesus. They're friends of him. And they're, they, they were listening to him pray. Catch this, catch this. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now just stop. Just stop there before we read the rest of that. Just look at me for a second. What kind of specificity is that right there? Let me think about that. I love how humorous the Bible can be Sometimes. Basically, and I love this because the author of Luke is saying, doesn't matter where he's at, okay? Doesn't matter what day it was, what time it was. Doesn't matter that he's not in the temple. Doesn't matter if it's a Sabbath. Doesn't matter. What matters is he has relationship with his father. That's what matters. And so this is kind of a punch to your gut to the Jews. This little part might not seem like much to us. Then he says, when he finished, okay, so Jesus is done praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. You see, here's what's interesting. True or false, did the disciples already know how to pray? Yeah, true, they already did. So what are they asking Jesus? What's the real reason they're bringing this to his attention? They were telling Jesus, we overheard you. We were eavesdropping on the conversation you were having with your father, Father God. We want that. We don't know what that was. It was a certain time in a certain place. We don't know what he said, how it went, but something got a hold of their hearts. It was attractive. How many have heard like just heartfelt prayers that are attractive before? That's what they heard. Like this is real. This is authentic. This is legitimate. I want that. I want that. I want authentic prayer. And so the disciples are like, tell me, teach me how to do that, Jesus. What, how, do I, how do I do this? So Jesus gave them topics to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Not a means to an end. Not just, just recite this and you're going to have what I have. That's not what Jesus ever intended. There's a danger in repeating something over and over. Because what happens? It becomes a religious thing that we have to do. we just saying about religious traditions. I want to break religious traditions. I want relational, personal, um, I want a relational, personal, you know, a personal relationship with Jesus. You spit it out, Chris. I don't want it to be some religious thing that I have to do and I have to follow. I want it to be him telling me and convicting me and me walking hand in hand. So let me just give you a few thoughts this morning on the Lord's Prayer. All right? Here they are. First, take it personally. Take it personally. How does it start? What's the first two words in the Lord's Prayer? Everybody say it together. Our Father. It doesn't start off, dear Master, Holy One, today. Uh, you know? But some of you think that way. You know? Oh, he all lofty and mighty. I must not say anything, or he shall spite me, oh, little spider. No, it's like, our Father It's personable. There's some churches that call Father, Dad, and that freaks people out, but it's the same, it's honestly, it's the same language in the Greek. Abba, Father, means Daddy. They're basically saying, Father, our Father. It's personal, not, oh, great and holy one. This is not the Wizard of Oz with somebody behind the curtain. Okay? That's not, who's behind the curtain? Who's saying all this? No. And I used to see God that way. Okay, now, yes, God is reverent. He's holy. We'll never understand everything about him. He sees the big picture. But I used to view God, somebody asked me, how do you view Father God? And a lot of the times, you will view Father God how you view your earthly father. Okay, it's very common. I'm not saying it's all the time. But I viewed mine as a little bit distant, a little bit out there. And and so I viewed like this huge staircase, and Jesus you know, Jesus was there. I could handle Jesus. He's like a brother. But then, way beyond, there was this mountain top, like a Colorado Rockies mountain with snow on top. And way behind that, seven summits away that you couldn't see, God was up there. And, like, I was like, hey, it's me. You know, hey, hi. And, and sometimes I could get his attention, but not always. And so, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is so personable. Our Father, realizing he wants relationship with us so much that he sent the most significant thing in his life so that we could have that, so that there's not staircases, there's not mountains in the way of having that relationship. It took me years to, to realize that. Once we've established relationship with Jesus, with, with the Father, Jesus tells us to honor him. So it's not, not a dishonoring or a disreverence of, of having a relationship. There's an honoring. So the next part is, hallowed be thy name. So it's, it's, it's obviously it's about the name above all names let me ask you, how many have said the Lord's Prayer before? Probably most of us, okay? How many of you have ever driv- driven through the McDonald's drive-thru and used the word hallowed while you ordered? I dare you to do it, today or tomorrow. You go through the next, I, I, I'll tell you what, man, I, I just want to hear a story. you trying to use the word hallowed going through the, though shall take thy hallowed Big Mac, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is Burger King, dude. No, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it might be. But what does it mean? Hallowed be thy name. There's other versions, the NIV, the message that really unpack this really well. But it means no other name. There's no other name to pray to. There's nobody else. We we don't have to depend on ourselves. We don't have to depend on animal sacrifices. We have nothing else that we can depend fully on other than Him. That's it. And he's basically saying, Go ahead. Make it personable. Share with me and then honor Him. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. The righteous person runs to it and is set safely on high. Righteous just means a person in right standing with God. We get to run into his name. We get to run into father. He's not some distant father that's not personable with us. He's there. He's there. Number three. Everybody say number three. Three. Come on. Everybody say number three. three. All right. The best way. The best way. I love this. Thy kingdom come, come on, say it with me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many, how many times have we just recited this over and over at funerals, weddings, church services, and we did not even know what we're saying? Even this morning, sometimes I have to stop myself and go, that's what this means when I'm singing this to Jesus. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, this keeps us far-sighted because God sees the big picture, putting God's agenda ahead of ours. Can I just ask you a question? If we as the church, Big C Church, not the bridge, decided in our culture to be the church and to put his kingdom ahead of our agenda and our offenses, would we not see a change in our culture? Amen. So what are we waiting for? Let's do it. You know, so we're in the winter, Oli- or not the winter Olympics right now, summer Olympics. 1988, during the winter Olympics, there were skiers. And they did something in 1988 that was the first time they ever did it. They actually had blind skiers on a slalom course. And the blind skiers had somebody behind them with a rope that were telling the person in front of them exactly what to do on the course. You know, the sticks that were going up there would go right, left, right, left, stop, right, left. And, and either it was a complete success if they followed that person behind them or it was a complete catastrophe guess what? That person couldn't see the big picture. They couldn't see the mountain ahead of them. They couldn't see the snow or the ice or the turns, whether it went left, whether it went right, whether it was a quick turn, whether it was a longer turn, whether it was a straightaway, whether they were at the end. They had no idea other than to listen to the voice behind them and just pay attention to that voice because that voice behind them saw the entire course, saw the big picture When everybody else only saw a little turn or just what was right in front of them, but they couldn't see anything at all, so they had to completely rely on that person behind them. Do I need to unpack that or do we get it? We get it? Because I think that's what it's like. I think God wants us to trust Him, realize His way is the best way. Even when I don't see it perfectly, I know He has it perfectly laid out for me. Even when I go to God with my requests and it's no, or it's slow, or it's grow, or even when it's finally go. You see, after honoring God and saying, God, I'm going to put your agenda first, we've been personal with him, then kind of what Jesus does here is, I love, finally he asks for needs, okay? And this is my favorite part of the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to give you something today that's awesome, that hopefully will wreck in a good way the Lord's Prayer for you from this day forward. Fresh bread, number four, fresh bread. How many will just love like the smell of fresh bread? Oh, man. I tell you what, just that, that smell is so awesome, when you go into a bakery and it's fresh whatever, donuts or bread or, or whatever it might be, just that, that aroma, the pheromones that that bread puts off is so incredible. Now just imagine that that bakery is done baking their goods for that day. They put it out on the counter and you walk into that same bakery four months later. They haven't done anything. They haven't cleaned anything. Is this that same pheromone smell to you? No, it's going to be green and moldy and, and I mean unless it's a, you know, a bun from a fast food place. You ever seen those commercials? They put them in a car for two years and they don't do anything. It's crazy. YouTube it sometime. Have fun. But the fresh bread, the fresh bread. You see, after we honor him, we then look to our needs daily. That's why we say, say it with me, give us this day our daily bread. See, this is the non-miracle miracle. This is, this is a non-miracle miracle because... This is our sustenance every day from him. How many here woke up with breath in your lungs today? One person woke up with breath in your (laughs) lungs today. The rest of you are dead. We take it for granted. We don't even realize that the miracle is I woke up this morning. You know, well, God, you didn't answer the prayer that way I wanted, or I'm offended that this happened, or this has happened, or I'm walking through this right now. But it's about God's presence and His provision in all areas of my life, even the breath in my lungs when I wake up. We take that for granted today. We get to go to the store and we buy our groceries. 200 years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, you had a trading post or you had to go kill what you wanted. And so faith, what Jesus was saying, doesn't come by us looking at the problem or the mountain. Faith comes by looking at Him only. And so it changes our perspective. In other words, rather than, God, I really want fill in the blank. I really want a boundary water site with no bears so I can rest, Jesus. Don't you know I need to rest, God? I have to turn it. I have to go, I am so grateful that I have breath in my lungs. I'm so grateful that I get to be alive, that I get to canoe away from the (laughs) bears. Thank you, Jesus. But what happens to bread? This is what's interesting. We're to pray this. We're to think about this daily because bread gets stale and spoils if it's not eaten daily. Come on, all of us have gone into our pantry, our bread box, or your you know, your loaf of bread, and you've thrown away a moldy piece before. It's happened to all of us, okay? You're not special, no offense. All right? It's happened to every single one of us. After all of this, though, we have to realize that we get our sustenance from him daily. Jesus is saying here, realize to have a relationship with him means to do this daily, all the time, conversing with him. Number five. Ever say number five? Shock value. I don't know about you, but we're like missing shock value in our culture today a little bit. I don't know. Have you turned on the news recently and been like, oh my gosh? You're like, another one of this thing? You know, like you turn it on, and and it's like there's just no shock value in our culture as much as there used to be. And I think we need that. And so there's a shock value within this. You're you're honoring God, it's personable, you're thanking God for your daily bread, and then Jesus kind of throws a curveball here. Say it with me, it's on the screen. Forgive us. Our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, this might seem normal. We forgive. We're, we're called to do that. But Jesus throws a curveball right here. Okay? This is where God says, You know what? All oh, this is good, but now I want your heart to be right. I want you to turn your heart right. I want you to forgive. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about how, how you and I forgive others. Ready for this? This is, this is scary. How you and I forgive others is how God the Father will forgive us. So in other words, Jesus says, hey, however you want to forgive is fine, but just know that's how the God, God's going to forgive you. That's a scary verse to me, man. So I'm I'm praying a lot, like, Lord, make sure my heart is right. Man, this person offended me. This person, I was offended by this. Lord, just bless them. I just pray that you would just bless their socks off today. Lord, if I get a chance to see them, I just want to wrap my arms around them and strangle them to death. No, I want to I, I want to hug them. Lord, I want to embrace them. I want them to know that they are good. Not because of how they offended me, but help me see them through your eyes, Jesus. And it changes our perspective. How many know our perspective will become our reality? Especially in prayer. Okay, Psalm 139 23. Search me God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. It's saying, God, you know my heart better than I know my heart. So reveal the crud that's in here. You know, I I heard somebody years ago talk about it like this. Like, imagine you're Hard as an onion. Have you ever peeled back an onion before? I mean, there's layer upon layer upon layer. You know you can like peel an onion forever, and you still get to the middle of it, and there's like still more to peel, isn't there? I mean, you're crying during it, but you keep going. Very similar concept. You're crying as God pulls back right here, but there's peel after peel. Allow him to have that. Surrender that part to him so that he can get in there. Well, my heart's hard. I don't want to forgive. I don't need to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Well... That's still one part of your your onion. Tell him that. He already knows. He already knows. There's those of us that believe right now in this room. There's those of us that are doubting in this room right now. There's those of us that just don't care right now in this room. There's those of us that want super deep theological messages in this room. Do you know God knows where all of us are at? Ted doesn't know where you're all at. I don't know where you're all at. But the Father does. The Father does. Number six, fighting words. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay? This gets overlooked so much. What it's saying is, guess what? We're going to go into temptation. Hate to break it to you. You're going to be tempted. This isn't saying if you're tempted, that's a sin. It's what you do in that temptation that can become a sin. And so part of the prayer is, Lord, I know I'm going to be tempted, but you offer me a way out. We take it. It's fighting words. It's realized this is a spiritual battle that's consistent all the time. I mean, think about it. There's one more thought, but let me just ask you this. When's the last time we prayed like this? When, how often do we pray like this? Or does it become, you know, in our household, my wife grew up in the church, so she, it's normal for her to pray before meals. I like to pray before meals now too, but there are some times I intentionally won't pray before a meal. Not because I'm spiting God or anything like that. But God knows I'm grateful for it. And so I want to make sure the prayer that comes out isn't, well, we have to. The pastor's here. Pastor, you need to pray for the meal. It's, man, I just want to pray for this. In fact, years ago, ready, I was at Savoy's Pizza, the old one in St. Paul. And I just asked people, I said, hey, you okay if I just pray for our meal today? I'm like, sure. Everybody bowed their head, closed their eyes, because that's what we do in culture. It's kind of shock value, you know? But it's okay to have a relationship. That's what it's called to be. It's not called to be a religious, mundane thing, over and over. If you get that, will you say amen? amen? All right, if you don't get that, we say, huh? All right. All right, so Ted? No. Number seven, happy endings. Last one. How many like happy endings? Yes. Love happy endings. Come on, man. For thine is the kingdom, say it with me, and the power, and the glory, forever, and some versions say, and ever, amen, depending on which version you have. In other words, It's simply having faith in God's ability to act. That's it. I I have faith, God, that I don't see it going the way that I want to, but I know you do. I know you got it covered, Lord. So when we pray, the Lord's Prayer isn't something we just recite. It's realizing the things that Jesus wants us to see in the prayer. So we're open with him. It's personable. Be willing as you pray to God to listen, not just, God, this is what I need. God, I need you to take care of this so I'm okay. Okay. But he'll reveal that to us in his timing. Be sincere as you pray. Tell him how you feel. Tell him where you're at. Be humble as you pray. Stand in forgiveness. May I tell you what? If you have any unforgiveness in your heart, the Bible does not give us an option as a Christ follower. We are called to forgive. That's that's a demand that Jesus gives us. Well, no, I don't like that. I'm not going to forgive that. No, we're called to forgive. That's what we're called to do. So we call, we forgive, and then we're standing in right standing with him when we do that. Just end with this. You see, the story didn't end with Jairus' daughter passing away. Jesus did a miracle. If you're not familiar with the story, here's what took place. Jesus finally arrived at Jairus' household. It says this in Mark chapter 5, verse 41 and 42. Jesus took her by the hand and said to her, these words I can't pronounce, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Okay, just time out. Are you not totally like, what is going on right now? My daughter's dead, and you're thinking, is this a practical joke? What's going on? doesn't see the big picture. My daughter's dead. Why are we even bothering Jesus now? Okay, he didn't answer the prayer that I wanted him to. He didn't do it the way I thought he would do it. But he waited to see what happened. Immediately. Oh, it took five minutes, took five. No, Immediately. The girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. And this isn't because she was a 12-year-old just staring at her phone. She was dead. Okay? That was a good joke. Some of you missed it. We're in a serious moment. I'm not trying to ruin it for you. But you have to realize that God will do the miraculous the way he wants to. God will answer your prayer the way he wants to. Are we aligning with his will are we aligning with his kingdom when we pray and don't just come to jesus like a genie oh this is what i need today this is what i need no we our father it's personable hallowed be thy name may you're holy i'm gonna, I'm gonna lift you up lord i'm i'm gonna give it to you you know when we get to the place of request it's not a request after request but lord more than my request is this lining up with your will is this lining up with what you want and your desire and then saying you know what I don't know as a human if it is or isn't but I'm going to surrender either way and I'm going to let you take it I'm going to have confidence in you not my own ability nobody else's now you can bow your head and close your eyes if you want but I'm going to pray you can keep your eyes open I don't care but I want to pray for you Lord I pray for the person right here this morning I know that there's at least one person in here this morning that's just doubting you God, would you answer that doubt? They need reason to see you existing. They need reason to see you in their life. Would you reveal yourself to them in a powerful way this morning? Father, for the person here this morning that has never said yes to you or a relationship with you, would they make that commitment just by saying, Lord, forgive me for where I've been in my life. I know you accept me right where I'm at, and you love me so much, Lord, that you forgive me and you give me eternal life because of what your son did on that cross. And We thank you, Jesus. For those that have an awesome prayer life, God, would you bless them, and would they see or just the fruit of their prayers, no matter how you want to answer them today. So have your way with us this morning. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.